Well, our theme for today is uh, there's nothing more corrosive than stress. And I see that you are in the Garden of Eden. Lovely. I want to just stray a little from back to Eden to back to Jesus. Adam and Eve were not triumphant in Eden. But you can have victory in Jesus. You may eat and drink of the river of life and the tree of life in Eden and do not get immortality. But if you live in Jesus, he says, if you eat of me and if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. And you'll never die. So I'll try to take your mind from the created to the creator. From Eden, where stress began for man, to Jesus, in whom you'll find perfect rest. Jesus saw this man who was sick before he, Jesus, was born. Nearly eight years before Jesus was born, this man was sick. And then Jesus came up to the man one day and said, Sir, will thou be made whole? I'll ask church, do we want to be whole? Well, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't worry. Because stress is the most corrosive thing you can find. Don't worry. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. You got a friend. You have a capable friend, a reliable friend, a dependable friend, a caring friend. You know, one of the things why I like to watch Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> he never loses. Yeah, yeah. Oh, before you were born when we had JBC TV. Just about every Wednesday night, I think. Every Wednesday night, I would listen. Because there was just one television in the whole of our community. And that house was about a mile, at least a mile and a half from church. 
And I wanted to see the fugitive. Listen, if you are giving a long benediction, I'm gone. Because I've got to see the fugitive, especially if it is a part of the continuation. I want to watch the fugitive because even if they get the fugitive in jail, he is going to find some way to escape. I like that. Then there was another, there was a lawyer who could never lose a case. Not Matlock. Matlock is just the other day. Huh? You old man. You are old, old people. I'm so happy I have company inside this place. Parimation. And I'm saying, you got a friend who never loses a case. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't worry. You have got somebody you can cast your cares on. So now, I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to go to a to Eden. I am going to Jerusalem. I am going to Jerusalem where the hypocrites are. I am going to Jerusalem where the religious people who are holier than everybody else. Thank you. Who will hate you in church. Who will seek to plot to kill you on a Sabbath. But they will never lift up a bread to give to you to eat. Talk about stress. I am going to Jerusalem where the righteous hierarchy of the church is. Who will plot your murder and you will have to love them. I want to go to Galilee where your best friend who eats with you who sleeps with you is planning to betray you and you don't have him up and then I'll call I'm talking how can we conquer how can we maneuver stress so that stress doesn't stress us 
We have a way of escape so that stress doesn't stress us. It doesn't matter from which angle it comes from. Whether it comes from nature, whether it comes from your brother, whether it comes from your best friend, whether it comes from your inner circle, it doesn't matter where that stress comes from. It's not in your head. Then you've got to go to Jerusalem. Although you know, you know, it's not that you don't know. You know, you see them, you walk with them, you talk with them, you eat with them, but they cannot give you a bad spirit. They cannot make you have them up. You can love them in spite of anything. Bless them. Do good to them. Then stress doesn't stress you and can't distress you. So now we are going to have some reading. We are going to read and I'm going to ask all of us to turn our Bibles. Listen now. All of us to turn our Bibles and I promise to be short. Second Timothy 3 verse 12 we shall all read together. I'll ask the women over 30 to read Ephesians 6 11 to 18. All the female over 30 let people know your age now. Read Ephesians 6, 11 to 18. All the women, 30 years and under, you find 1 Peter 4, 12 to 17. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 17. Men, 30 years and over, you find... 2 Corinthians 4 8 to 18 you're going to read that men if you can read men over 30 you're going to read 2 Corinthians 4 8 to 18 men 30 years and down you're going to read 1 Corinthians 10 1 to 13 so we're going to read the scripture today and, uh, and then I'll give you the last one that we will all read. Now, let us all read together Second Timothy 3 verse 12. Because let me say now, let me tell you something. Let me say now. If Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden didn't know what they were up against, we know. If Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden didn't really understand what they were up against, we know what we are up against. So don't let us fool ourselves. First, what's it, what, what's the scripture there again? Second Timothy chapter what again? 3 verse 12. All of us are going to read that one together. Have you found it church? Yeah, let's, let's begin to read. Begin. Read it again. Yes. So you going to be a Christian You know what you are up against What are you up against? Stress You are up against Persecution, stress No Christian, no cry 
What are we up against? Read it one more time, church. Yes. And all that will live. Now, ladies, read over 30. Ephesians chapter 6. 11 to 18. Begin. We know what we are up against. Ladies under 30 and down, 1 Peter 4, 12 through 17. That's your reading. All female under 30 years and under. If some of you over want to read, we won't trouble you. You're as young as you feel, but your age still stays there. Come on now. Young ladies, let's begin. Thank you. We know what we are up against. Men over 30. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 18. That's what you are going to read as big men. Come on now, men. Let's begin now. We are get the inward man light affliction while we look not at the things which are seen beautiful finally for the young men 30 years and down 1 Corinthians 10 1 through 13 we know what we are up against. First Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1. Young men, let's begin. Now hold on, hold on. You, you cannot let the old men read better than you, you know. No, you cannot let the older men read better than you. Come, let us begin again. Moreover, There hath no. So we know what we are up against. Don't murmur. Let us all read together now. Isaiah chapter 41. 10, 11, 13. 10, 11, 13. We are talking about stress. Stress must not stress Christians. We have reasons not to be distressed. Come on. Isaiah chapter 41 from verse 10, verse 11 and 13. Come, let's read together, church. Fear thou not. Be not. I will. I will. Yea, I will. Behold, verse 13, Isaiah 43, final one now, verses 1 and 2, Isaiah chapter 43, for the whole church, verses 1 and 2, we are not going to be afraid, we are not going to be discouraged, we are not going to worry, you have got a friend. Let's begin to read now. 
But now, thank you. We are talking about the corrosiveness of stress. And this, don't ask me about this stress because you, you, you want to ask, you ask Dr. Stur, you ask Dr. French, they will tell you about this thing called stress. I am not here to stress stress. I am here to stress Jesus. Because this is kind of X-rated. But whatever whatever distracts your thoughts from the pure and beautiful face of Jesus, whatever distracts your thoughts from the beautiful face of Jesus is a crow bait. Is a, is, is a rat trap. It's, 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 it's pesticide and insecticide. Anything that distracts you from the beautiful face of Jesus is not good. It's death. It's destruction. Insidiously. It is in the system of sin. Anything distracts you from Jesus. Whether it is an event or it is a thought or it is a person that's a bait for destruction. Because stress is like a scavenger. Stress is stress eats you out, rusts out your heart, rusts out your mind. Stress. Stress does not care about you. So why do you care so much about it? I am not preaching on any stress. What they, what they, again they say, hey, you're a foolish man because you can't live without stress. Well, I agree. Because it's stress that says, go to work. It's stress that says, go and pay your light bill. It's stress that says, that says, your children need your children or your husband or your wife so you cannot live without stress. All right, I agree with that. All right, I'm talking distress. Distress kills you. In Eden, there was stress. Good stress. You stress. Hmm? You stress. That's why you smile. When you smile, some of you really, when you smile, that's you stress. Nice stress. In the Garden of Eden, there was you stress. 
you stress. The, if the work was a pleasure to work, it was a pleasure for Adam and Eve to be together. It was a pleasure for everything. Eden was, the name Eden is delight. It means delight. Pleasure to eat apple. Pleasure to eat. They, 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 they lied though. They, they call this a nut. This is not a nut. They call it peanut. This is not a nut. This is a legume. They don't even know eating. In eating they don't even know they don't even know what food name. Anyway. But listen, listen. But in Eden, bad stress began. How did stress originate? It originates by from a thought. You must be careful what you think. Stress began from a thought. In heaven, Lucifer said to himself, I will, I will, he told himself a lie and believed it. And it was a selfish lie. Listen, stress begins from selfishness. That's where it originates. And then when he was thrown out, he came down to, to to Eden and said, Don't be satisfied. With what God has given to you. And then man began to take a philosophical look. To doubt God. To distrust God. That's what Ellen White says in the book Education. Page 25. It was distrust of God's goodness. Disbelief of his word. And rejection of his authority. That made our first parents transgressors and that brought into this world a knowledge of evil by mingling the good with, by mingling the evil with good. His mind had become confused. His mental and spiritual powers benumbed. Whatever causes you to doubt God's word, reject his authority, There is where stress begins. But if you look in the beautiful face of Jesus and know that in him you have a friend, the burdens can be rolled away. It is true that good friends are better than pocket money. You know, some four weeks ago Sunday night I was about, I was going to Montego Bay to pick up my auntie and if my auntie doesn't know you you could tie her with seven new ropes you can't pull her as big as she is down my way past Bethel Town Going down to Chester Castle. Bam! I 
dropped in a pothole. Bow it ripped the tire. And I heard it. But I was at such a crucial spot with two of my little English cousins. I didn't want to stop in the darkness, so I tried to get to some light. And I meandered and I reached. When I saw that the uh, tire was gone, I jacked it up and I pulled out that spare donut. Put on that donut and brought that jack down and went in the corner and I just heard it go shh. And here I was with these two frightened English girls. Police passed me back and forth. Nobody would stop for me in the night. My auntie was at the airport waiting. Nobody to give me any assistance. I don't know where, who is that Sunday night. What is And then is when I learned I had friends in West Jamaica. My wife called, what's her name? Huh? Sister Clark, who works in the West Jamaica conference, and called her and asked her to pick up my auntie. So, you know, she had to, my auntie had to hear my wife's voice and let her know what's happening, that something went wrong. And so, and this lady who is so-and-so would pick her up. Fine. And then, she called Pastor Brevet. Pastor Brevet called Pastor Rose. Said, Pastor Rose, go and Pick up my so you know that my auntie had to call me to tell her to tell Penny that please this pastor is going to come and this is how he looks and this is how, and this is what he drives. And fortunately for me, somebody like an angel came, took me up, took me to Bethel Town, called this man who wasn't at his workplace, got that tire fixed. I never reached Montego Bay. Because Pastor Rose took my auntie from Montego Bay straight to Bethel Town. And I moved from Bethel Town right back to, to Mandeville. When you think you got a friend and something goes wrong, you don't have to get scared. I remember one night, Vonnie and I were coming from Portland and we got stuck that nice old car that we had couldn't pass Castleton it was after 12 that night and one man drove up and said how can I help and we said please go those were the days before cell phone we said when you reach a Kingston please call Dennis Brown 
And after one o'clock in the morning, who came to save us? Dennis Brown and his wife left their home and came to save us and took us to our home. When you got a friend and you're in trouble, you don't have to feel no way about stress. I know that stress is in the air. And you can smell it as, 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 as if it is a, a Riverton city burning down. I, I know stress is at the workplace. I know, I know stress is on the street. I know stress is in the home. I know stress is in church. I know, I know stress is in the market and the supermarket. I, 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 know, I know stress is at the paymaster. And more stress is in the tax for this year. But for those who know Jesus, we have a friend. We have a health friend. We have a financial friend. We have a psychological friend. Any way you want to take him, you got a friend in Jesus. So don't worry. Be happy. He's going to take you from distress to you stress. You know, I was doing a course in this thing, and I, uh, in, in, in the personal growth and development seminar from Michigan State University, and and my professor came, and he and he said, and he asked a big question. He said, "Where do your thoughts go? Where do your thoughts go when you think? Where do they go?" Some people say, my thoughts go. It just goes in the air. And it made me to think, where do my thoughts go? And I, and, and I said, you know, when my, where my, my thoughts go straight to heaven. Because God knows my thoughts. That's what I said. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then he went, or we went on, and then he said, when you feel stress, where do you feel it? Some people say they feel it in their neck. Some people say they feel it in their shoulders. Some people, and different people felt stress in different places. Some people have headaches. Some people... Some people eat a lot. Some people don't eat at all. Where do your stress go? Where do you feel the pain? And then, and then, and then he began to, and then he began to give us some DIY for stress. Do it yourself. De-stress yourself. You stress yourself. And so, and so, and so he, he, he gave us, he said, all right. He said, all right. Close your eyes. All right, close your eyes. And he said that, 
visit a place where there is water waterfall I, I went I was I was in Michigan but I was in I was in I was I was in uh, I was in St. Anne I was at I was I, I was I was I was right at Duns River and it, and he said feel the stress leave your body and, and he gave us a lot. and then and then this was one this was another one he gave us he said and I want you to do it now sit up sit up in a ch- sit up in church you're not leaving here until I finish. Sit up. And, uh, and he said, and he said, and he said, no, do it now, do it now. And he said, and he said, and he said, squeeze, squeeze your toes, squeeze your toes, squeeze your toes, tighten them initially. You're not doing it, you're not doing it. Uh, you're my friend and I want you to do it. And he said, and he said, squeeze them. One, and it's a release. Release. And he said, no, squeeze, squeeze from your toe to, to, to your leg, to your ears, not your ankle. My, not my ankle only. He said, right to your leg. I am not a cow. Right here. And then, and he said, squeeze it up. Squeeze it from your toes to you. And then he said, release it. And they said, squeeze it up right to your thigh. Squeeze it up. Squeeze from it right to your thigh. Two, three, four, five. Release it. And they said, squeeze up to your butt. Squeeze it right up. Right up now. Squeeze it to your butt. Two, three, four. Some of you don't look like you're squeezing one thing. I said, release it. Release it. And it says, squeeze it. And then, and, until it says, squeeze it until you, to your neck. Tighten up all the muscles in your face. And, and he said, do you feel the warmth in your body? He says, you've been releasing your stress. And then, and then, and then, and then he said, suppose, listen to me. And then he said, and then he gave us some, some, um, um, mind, mind scan. He said, this is how you deal with your stress. He said, do some cosmic time. Cosmic time. He said, what is one of the worst things that could happen to you? And he said, think of one of the worst things that could happen to you. And I thought, one of the worst things that could happen to me. And he said, now, how would you handle that? And he said, handle that by saying, in the next hundred years, who would be interested in that? Who would be interested? Would it make the world news? Would would it make CNN? Would it make BBC? Would be a headline? That which you did or what happened to you? How big is it? And then, and then he said, think again of one of the worst things that could happen to you. And he said, I want you to do what he called spectrum, spectrum thinking. The worst here, then not so bad, and better. So one person said, to lose my job. The worst thing that could happen is for me to lose my job now. 
And, and so we, we were working at that one. How can you look at this? It's a wor- I can say it's a worse thing. But I could come here and say, well, I still have life. And I could come up here and say, listen, I deserve to have a better job than that. And he said, you can work it through so that you do not stress your life. And so he gave a lot of these do-it-yourself ways to connect so that you don't give yourself extra pressure unnecessary pressure but when I read when I read the Bible Jeremiah says go for the old path seek the old path and I say church has stopped going to the old path is not asking for the old path how to deal with stress so we have a lot of quarrels we have a lot of confusion because we don't deal with stress in the old pathway. Stress will make you stress will make you forget that you have a gun in your hand to shoot. Uh, when you read it in Exodus chapter when you read it in Exodus chapter 14, the children of Israel were right there by the, 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 the Red Sea and the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire were right there before them, but they did they couldn't even see it, they couldn't even remember it. Though the pillar of fire and cloud were there, they couldn't because stress was upon them. It must not be like that with God's people. When stressful times come to us, we have a friend. The first place we must go to is to that friend. Because we must remember who we are. We must remember where our citizenship is. Says Paul in Philippians 3, 20 and 21, our citizenship is in heaven. You know, the Roman colonists never forgot that they belong to Rome. No matter where they live. They always remember, we are Romans. And I'm saying to church today, make your conduct match your citizenship. And when people do you wrong, don't revenge them. Say what the old Negro spirituals say. You talk about me as much as you please. I'll talk about you when I get on my knees. We have too much confusion and quarrels among us. You go to Jerusalem. Jesus had none of those kinds of fights. I didn't, I don't say they didn't hate him, but he didn't hate them. I don't say they did not hate him, but he did not hate them. And that's what I'm, I don't say you can hate me, hate me as much as you want. It's my responsibility not to hate you. Listen. Or finally, what am I saying? I'm saying, church, 
we have got to mature. We have got to mature. Stress must not overtake us. We have got to mature. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse verse 1, uh, Paul, the writer of the book of Hebrews says, Let us then go on to perfection. Let us then go on to maturity. Let us mature. Let us get fully grown. Let us become fully developed. Let us become perfected. Let us grow up, church. Grow up. Uh, and, and, and somebody said that when, when a fruit, when a fruit is, is, is mature, it is ready for harvesting, uh, it is ready for eating. When a, when a sheep or a, or a goat is mature, it is ready for the slaughter. Ah, a mature Christian is ready for the reaping or the eating or the slaughter and it doesn't feel any way. It doesn't mean you're flawless. But it means like a great athlete, you are bettering the last season. You are bettering the last season. There must be growth. We, we can't live the same way every year, every year, every year, every year. Anything that is not growing is either dead or dying. Come on, Christians. 2012 must not be 2013. We must grow up. And we have no reason to say, hey, the fault is yours. The fault is yours. Listen, when you see those obstacles, those obstacles are to help you to jump higher. Not to stop you. Say, jump higher. Let's grow. What's the old path? The old path. It's learning to pray, friends. Learning to pray. Sometimes I feel so ashamed that we have to have... This prayer thing has come in such a way I don't know what is wrong with us. We have to have our prayer coordinator. Who can coordinate my prayer? I don't know what church is going on. I think church is playing it. Prayer this. I'm prayer warrior. Listen, listen. As a prayer is the breath of the soul. And this is another thing the man taught me. He taught me. He taught me. He said, you want to throw out stress? Wait, man. Don't tell me what I said. You just wait until I tell him. He said, you want to, you want to handle it. He says, you must learn to breathe deeply. He said, he said, he said, watch how you're breathing now. And when I watch how I was breathing, my brother, he said, he said, no. Breathe deep, breathe in. Breathe out. And I began to and he said, when you cannot sleep at night, they say, count sheep. He said, don't count any sheep. He said, he said, breathe deeply. And I learned that. And I learned. And by the time I reached 30, before I reached 30, I'm gone. And then I learned, I learned that deep breathing helps to eliminate stress. 
You know when I learned that? 19. We got March 76, right? Right, 1986. 1986. January 31. Right over there, at Andrews Hospital. My wife was taken in to have baby. And they called me, nurse. And they said, Dr. Little, they say that when the pains begin, I must hold her hand and I must say, come let us breathe deeply. Mercy. And when the pain hit her, I said, all right, sir. I said, funny. I said, all right, funny. It's the only one. It's the only time. It's the last time. I promise it's the last time. And I kept my promise. I kept my promise. I kept my promise. I said, it's the last time. That's the last time. And I held on, I held on her doctor and I said, let us breathe. Oh, if church would not see this. I said church needs, if we want to be alive and stress-free, church needs some deep breathing in prayer. Listen. When we, years ago, we used, but this church is a cup and church. Years ago, we used to sing, roll, roll your burdens away. I said, roll, Roll your burdens away. For Jesus has promised to take them all. Just roll, roll your burden. Then we to sing. Pray, pray. I pray, pray your burdens away. Pray, pray your burdens Oh, for Jesus has promised You must pray Pray your And then, and then we used to sing another chorus eh? Sing the clouds away Night will turn to day If you sing and sing And you know, when I become general conference president I'm going to change back the name to MV Um, um if you sit and then we used to say, yeah, smile the clouds away. And we, uh, when I become president of Inter-American, if I go change it right back to MV, uh, to, because this AY is something not working. And, uh, and, and then when, the, when, when we used to sing, we used to sing, sing and smile and pray. That's the only way. If you sing and smile and pray, you'll drive it. Go back to the old path. That's how Jesus did it in Jerusalem. When all the hypocrites and all the Pharisees there was not a happy seed inside there. Sad you see. But Jesus learned not to be distracted and to keep his sanity and nobody could get selfishness, maliciousness, jealousy to rise in him. He was always happy. Happy to be persecuted for righteousness sake. Happy because he was humble. Happy because he was meek. Happy because he was a peacemaker. These people are eternally happy. I 
And if you are going to get to the I'm not going back to Eden. I'm moving to the new Jerusalem. If you're going to get to that new Jerusalem, you've got to, I have got to get into this mode that Jesus has said. That I will become mature. Maturity, says somebody, is the ability to say no now. So that others will not be hurt later. The mature person will not be caught up in the immediate. While neglecting ultimate consequences. Become mature. Say no now. So that you won't hey, uh, allow people to be hurt later. That's what Adam and Eve did. In the garden of it, they didn't say no. So all of us get hurt. But Jesus said no. So all of us will be saved. The mature person will not be caught up with the immediate. While neglecting the ultimate consequences. Let us think before we act. What we are doing to one another. What we are doing to ourselves. Stress doesn't care about you. Stress doesn't love you. But Jesus does. How do you act or react in life? And finally, he said, how do you act? And my tutor asked me, he asked me, are you an actor or a reactor? He asked me, are you an actor or a reactor. He says, if you react to everything, you're short of it. But he says, be an actor. And it's time that Christians act on the devil. Act. Give the devil some piece of action. And act. You may call an actor a hypocrite. Yes, he's an, a hypocrite. But that's how Muhammad Ali got to knock out George Foreman. Oh, yeah. When he was there in rumbling the jungle, a rope a dope, and 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 George Foreman gave him the best he had. Whoop! Muhammad Ali felt it. But Muhammad Ali looked at him and said, Is that the best you've got? And after Muhammad Ali asked him that question, Is that the best you've got? All the strength in George Foreman. Failed, and Muhammad Ali just backed off the rope. Bam, 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 bam. It is time that Christians, come on, I'm coming up with that. It is time that Christians know who they are and act like who they are. Not afraid, not worrying, not discouraged. We can pray, we can sing. Don't look for favors from men. Come on. And I want you to say this poem with me. Because that's who we are going to move to be like. Come on now, you're going to get The real soldier's creed. Can you get that bigger there? Can you see that up there? No? But I want the burden to read it. So how are you going to get me ahead of that? This thing, can this thing come right down? They're not working? So you've you, you got to bring that paper to me so I read it.
Please bring back my paper to me. So I'm going to read it. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger, but my eyes are dim. You know, when you reach my age, you don't see like how you used to see. Uh, might, might as well I tell you, I'm a big man. So, so you, you, you bring that. Bring that for me. So, so. So I read that. That's my last piece. Bring it because I cannot read what is on the screen there. Let's. Let, let, let me read it from here. Since you can. Because this is what I, I wanted you, us all to read it. Because this is what I want. Come on. Put it back up, brother. Good. I am a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith. Prayer and the word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, and tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by, hey, you put it over there, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army, and I am enlisted for eternity. I will either retire in this army at the advent or die in this army. But I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. If he needs me in the Sabbath school to teach children, work with the youth, help adults, or just sit and learn, he can use me because I am there. I'm a soldier. I'm not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I'm a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I'm a soldier. I'm not a wimp. I am in place saluting my king. Obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out even. I will win. My God supply all my needs. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Government cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I'm a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from this battlefield, 
He will promote me to a captain and then bring me back to rule this world with him. I am a soldier in the army and I am marching, claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I'm a soldier marching heavenbound. Here I stand. Unto perfection. Unto maturity. Let not the devil hear us murmuring and squirming and as if our father is not a good father. Don't let the devil hear us grumbling and murmuring. You know, that's why I say I don't sing certain songs in this songbook. I stopped singing some songs in this songbook. Here, 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 here. I, I, I like people with ambition. And God loves people with ambition. There was this time when Elisha was on his deathbed and the king came to visit him and he said, shoot your arrows. And he shot once. And he said, is that all? He shot twice. And he shot three times. And, 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 and on his deathbed, the, 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 the prophet was upset. He said, you only shot three times. He said, I thought you'd shoot six or more. And you just shot three times. He said, only three times you will triumph over your enemies. God wants us to think big. God wants us to think big. Speak about God as a loving God. Don't let Satan go around the bush. <laughs> Look at the Christian, them bawling, them bawling. He says, when you see terrible things come to pass, he said, Look up and rejoice. Because good people will outlast bad times in the name of Jesus. So don't worry. All these things you see around you. And don't even boast that you're president and CEO or whatever. All those things, give it the next two years. And either they won't be a CEO or you won't be there. Or president or you won't be there. Or headmaster or principal or whatever they want to call. Those things are temporary. The only permanent thing we have around here to talk about is Jesus. Fill him up with your mind. Fill him up with your heart. Fill him up with your soul. Follow him even to the cross. Even if you die, you shall rise again. One of the most corrosive things around is stress. It is caused from selfishness, jealousy, malice. It is unlike God. And whenever we begin to show love, and whenever we begin to be kind, and whenever we begin to be generous, sorry I can't read them from Ellen White because my one and a half hour is up. Whenever we begin, whenever we begin to show love, and whenever we begin to speak nicely one to another, even if rich them must be cursed, say something nice. Oh, I tell you, last time I'm going to sit down. I promise you, I tell you a lot of times I'm going to sit down and live. But I tell you, when the man, the man said to me in, in, in the class and he said, shut your eyes. And I shut my eyes. And he said, think of somebody you hate. He could not say the word hate before a man jumped up in my face because he said, I tell you what happened. When the, when the conference said, yes, they will give me the opportunity to go and do my master's. In, 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 at Andrews University 
I want you to do my masters in, in curriculum and instruction. The conference wasn't giving me any kind of money for help. But they voted it. They gave me 3,000 Jamaican dollars. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, US dollars. And I went. And I went. When the man voted that, then there was just about one other person in the conference with a master's. This pastor came up to me, young, young pastor, and said, Derek, hear what the man said, and see if you have a right to hate him. He said, Derek, some people, you know, some people's preparatory prep school is their limit. Every man, he said, every, every man has his limit. He said, for some prep school is a limit. That's what the audience passed to me. Some people, high school is their limit. Some people, a first degree is the limit. And the man left me standing there. I said, the whole host of hell came inside of me. I hated the gods of that man. When the man said, think of somebody you hate, the man jumped up right in my face. And the blood started to boil. And then he said, think of somebody who loved that person. And I said, well, his wife must love him. And, and, and I said, and I said, his children must love him. And he said, think of a reason why somebody, why those or anybody must love that man. I said, well, he feed them, he clothe them. And then my blood pressure began to come down. Because I began to look at that person in a different light. And then the man said, think of one reason why you too could love that person. And I say, well, he's not so bad after all. And then I went home. When I left that class, I went home. And I said, where do your thoughts go? And I said, go to heaven. And I got down on my knees and I prayed. And I prayed the man, I prayed the man out of the system. When I see him now, I love him, I hug him. And nothing between me and the man. I say we must remember where our thoughts go. Pray out. So if you have some wicked, if you have some wicked in your house, or wicked in the workplace, or wicked anywhere, I say pray them out. Because when you pray them out, you will spray them out. But Lord, let's stress. Rot out your spirituality. Anytime it seems to get there, go to Jesus. Learn the Jerusalem way. And see how he treated those numbskulls. And listen. Practice it day by day. But keep looking to Jesus. 
and the things of earth will go strangely then in the light of his glory and his grace.